You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois, and thanks for listening to our show here this morning on a beautiful day in Chicago. Uh, we're taping the program today. Actually, it's Friday, and we're going to tape it for Monday. we got a busy day at the Catholic Conference on Monday. We're going to run a press conference uh, to call attention to uh, an attempt to repeal the Illinois Parental Notification Act, and it's at the same time as this program. So if you want to, you can uh, tune into the press conference and the radio show at the same time. They overlap. Uh, let me go over the lineup for this morning here. We have a good show, uh, so please stay tuned for all segments. Um, our first guest is going to be uh, kind of related to the, the the press conference on Monday. He's going to talk about uh, human trafficking. He's an expert in that area, and he's going to talk about the link between that and the need to retain the Illinois Parental Notification Act. His name is Bull, Bill Wolf. Uh, he'll join us here in a sec. And then after that, we're going to have uh, one of my counterparts uh, from another faith tradition. His name is Rabbi Shlomo Soroka. Say that three times quickly. Uh, he's with Agudath Israel, and he's going to talk a little bit about the Jewish uh, community's involvement in the scholarship tax credit. Uh, they've been strong advocates of the program. We're going to talk to Rabbi Shlomo uh, after Mr. Wolf. Then we're going to make a transition. We're going to do some federal issues, talk to uh, Tony Cube. He's uh, with the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and he's going to talk to Lewis to us about uh, some of the introduced uh, legislation that the administration has put forth regarding changes to immigration law. And then we'll come back here, wrap it up uh, on another segment with a state senator from uh, Murfreesboro, I believe she's from, um, Representative, sorry, Senator Terry Bryant. She's going to talk about a bill she has uh, about the Ultrasound Opportunity Act. It's actually a bill that we drafted 10 years ago, and so she's going to try to pass that in Springfield this year. So that's the lineup. Uh, good show. I'd say very typical, reflective of what we're working on at the Capitol uh, right now. So without further ado, let's do this. Let's bring in um, Mr. Bill Wolf. He is uh, got a resume that can go a mile long. He's an expert on human trafficking. He was, uh, was or still is with the U.S. Department of Justice. Uh, he was a special advisor for human trafficking. He's worked in the Office of Justice Programs. Uh, he goes. His experience is is long and detailed, and he was also, I think, started his career as a police officer. So he kind of started sort of on the ground and experienced some things that were uh, fairly uh, tragic. And so we want to talk with him about those experiences and others. Mr. Bill, Bill, are you with us? Yes, sir. Good morning. Hey, good morning. It's good to talk with you again. Um, thanks for taking some time this morning. Um, I was just trying to read off some of your resume, but uh, I think I stopped halfway through. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> it's it's kind of a lot. So, um, you know, just tell us a little bit about uh, your experience. Um, as we talked on the phone the other day, so Illinois is facing uh, an effort to repeal our parental notification law. 
uh, that law is in effect, and it requires that uh, an adult family member be notified 48 hours before an abortion proceeding. And uh, we would advocate that the law is a good law. Um, but I, I think you approach this. Uh, I mean, it's a parents' rights issue, uh, definitely. Um, but there's also an aspect of this that relates to some of your experiences with human trafficking. Tell us a little bit about some of the things that you saw while you were uh, working, um, not only at the White House, but when you were uh, an officer uh, in, I think it was Fairfax, Virginia. Yes, sir. So, yeah, my, my background is, in fact, law enforcement sort of thrust into this world of human trafficking, uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, while working uh, gangs. And one of the things that I learned very quickly is, Certainly, the prevalence of, of human trafficking all across the United States, and uh, you know, and and as the gangs are involved as well, and Illinois, Chicago in particular, has its fair share of gangs, yeah. and um, and certainly involved in this issue of human trafficking. But when we talk about human trafficking, a lot of it is forced sexual exploitation, and as a result of that, many times uh, victims become pregnant. Uh, it could be from their trafficker. It could be from, uh, shall we call them clients, uh, that are, you know, exploiting them. And the traffickers, because they like to maintain so much control over these individuals, will oftentimes force them to engage in abortion. In fact, uh, one of my victims uh, that I was able to work with, a survivor of trafficking, uh, was forced to have eight abortions over the course of 12 months. Wow. If you could really think about the, wow. the trauma associated with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we just we, we relate that to the number of victims that are actually minors and thinking about yeah. how so often these victims are just not identified by frontline professionals, by parents, by by other folks. You know what? I think one of the most shocking statistics is that uh, I think it's somewhere around 90 percent of minor victims of, of trafficking are actually living in their own homes and sleeping in their own beds and attending school, uh, at least when we were we were back in school, um, <laughs> you know, every day. And, and yet parents are missing it. And so really sort of tying all of this together uh, through parental notification um, for for abortion procedures, it really gives an opportunity for parents to recognize that something is going on in their child's life, that, that level of exploitation that may be occurring and allows them the opportunity to intervene. That, that's an excellent synopsis of, of, of the challenge at hand here. Um, the, the other day when we were talking, you told a story, and I was telling my wife this, and I've told probably five people this story. Um, I think you kind of uh, relayed a situation where you, uh, I think you started talk, talk, touching on that point, is that you had, you had knocked on the door of some parents and, and unfortunately had to break some really heartbreaking news to them about what was going on with their very own child. Yeah, that was certainly a, a very difficult part of my career as a law enforcement officer uh, was, was having to do those notifications yeah. to parents and letting them know it's certainly not easy. But I think to your point is one of the most shocking things is when I would knock on the door, um, the, the biggest challenge was just convincing the parent that I knew what I was talking yeah. about because so many parents, they don't want to believe that their child could be caught up in something like that. And again, you know, it, it's all about that notification. Parents can't respond if they don't know. They don't. And so if a child was being forced to uh, have an abortion by a trafficker and there's no parental notification that goes into that, 
we're just then complicit in the cycle of exploitation. Yeah, that, that's an excellent way of saying it. That's really a tragedy. Um, you know, I think the other thing that was interesting, too, about our conversation the other day was um, I think you had t- told us that, you know, people tend to think of this, and I do, too. You know, you, you kind of think of when you think of human trafficking, you think of sort of the white van, you know, and people being like, but but it's really more um, – more uh what's the word i'm looking for um it's not as transparent as that this is something that could be going on sort of like underneath your own roof and not really even know about it absolutely and you know i mean hollywood's put out some great movies uh, around around human trafficking but it's, it's hollywood and it's not the reality and i think it's something you know that all of us within our communities need to understand is what trafficking actually looks like I mentioned mm-hmm. minors oftentimes are living in their own homes, sleeping in their own beds, going to school every day. Uh, I didn't know what trafficking was until I learned as a law enforcement officer, and now I see it all the time. In fact, I was boarding a flight uh, back in December of this past year, and just sitting in the gate area in the airport, I identified uh, a trafficking situation. There were really? two minors that were being controlled by an adult boarding a plane headed to Washington, D.C., um, but having seen that, I was able to notify authorities and, and get some intervention there. But otherwise, they would have just passed right through and nobody would have ever noticed. Um, it, it, Mr. Wolf knows that this press conference we're going to have on Monday, um, we're going to have uh, uh, Laura Letterer, who wrote uh, sort of, I guess, the seminal piece on the relationship between um, abortion and human trafficking and the healthcare industry. And I was looking at her recommendations uh, towards the end, and I noticed that one of the things she calls for is for states to enact laws that would require information to be posted about where a victim could get some help. And I think Illinois has done some of that. Um, I noticed, like, because when I take the train or the bus, I see in, in the transit authority the signs, if you're traffic, call this number. And I think I've seen it at a hotel or some things like that. And there's a laundry li- – there's a lost list of – uh, locations where the the law requires this information to be posted, but I don't think um, as we define abortion facility is included in that list. I, I, I found that interesting, and I'm wondering if that's been your experience in in, in other states or your work in in Washington. Correct, and I think you know healthcare facilities in general. Uh, you know this is a this is a key opportunity, right, to really intervene in these right. situations. Um, and, and in that type of scenario, we know that a woman that is, or a young lady that, that is in an abortion clinic is under a great deal of stress and pressure and, and lots of things going on in her head. Uh, these are conversations that we should be having, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and making sure that not only is it, you know, is it an informed decision that they truly understand what they're agreeing to, but at the same time, making sure that if they do need help, this is an opportunity where they could be separated from their trafficker, that we really could intervene and save right. a young life. Right, right. And that's what we're uh, going to probably get home. You, you know, Mr. Wolf, it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I uh, There was a report that came out here from Human Rights Watch uh, and the American Civil Liberties Union. It was just put out yesterday. And it was their sort of argument that uh, why uh, parental notification should be repealed because it's – I mean I think they're arguing that's just kind of a hindrance to minors and they don't like it. So therefore they shouldn't be under this law and it and it does no good or something like that. I don't know. I haven't read the 77 page. But the Chicago Sun-Times wrote about it this morning. 
And luckily they called uh, our little uh, coalition that's now being called uh, Parents for the Protection of Young Children for a quote. And I, I, I talked to one of the interv- persons that were interviewed on our side, and she said, you know, I kind of sense the media is really going to push back on this notion that there's trafficking going on in abortion clinics and they're not going to like it. I wonder if you have any comment about that. Yeah, I think that, well, first of all, I would say there's a lot of inconveniences in life. When I'm running late to a meeting, speed limits are inconveniences, but <laughs> we have to follow them, right? You know, right. there's there's reasons behind that. And uh, I think that there is, there is a, a broader undercurrent right now within the human trafficking space and just in general to – Say that it's it's really not a big a problem, or we're we're not looking at it the right way, and I really think that that's such an ignorant response to the reality that's happening. I mean, I can tell you as a former a special advisor to the White House on human trafficking, really having that national scope, but certainly from my firsthand experience uh, working as a law enforcement officer in the field, that it very much is real. It very much does intersect with uh, with the abortion industry. Um, and, and human trafficking truly is a pro-life issue, and I think it that is. because it's becoming more and more evident that it is a pro-life issue, you're going to have uh, some of these actors that are you know, against that movement as well start to try to, to tamper down our response to human trafficking. I, I think you're absolutely right, and uh, th- they're not going to like that uh, message, but it is reality. Uh, there's individuals like you and, and others out there who have experienced this firsthand. Uh, there's people who are writing about it in accredited uh, academic uh, journals, and I think it's incumbent upon us to—that's what we're doing here today. We're going to continue talking about it, and um, we're going to keep going until the problem gets addressed at some level, and uh, either it's through a law change or more public awareness. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, couple months here in Illinois as uh, we progress on this issue. So, and I and I and I, we've talked, and and we hope that that you can continue to help us in 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 shedding light on your experience because what you have to say is really really important. Well, I just appreciate the opportunity. I'd really encourage your listeners to to learn more about human trafficking. Uh, a, a colleague of mine, uh, Dr. Judy Paparozzi, wrote a fantastic article on why human trafficking is a pro-life issue. Uh, and I just, you know, I think we all need to have a better understanding of what it looks like, how it presents itself, and the fact that it is a reality in the United States as well as all over the world. Um, and so we all play a part in combating human trafficking, and it starts with awareness and education. And we'll do that. We'll uh, get a copy of that. We'll post it to our website, and uh, we'll put it on the uh, the group that we're working with as Parents for the Protection of Young People and get that issue out there. Mr. Wolf, thanks. We could talk forever. This is fascinating. Thanks so much for your work, and i got a feeling uh, we'll continue to talk uh, in the next couple months. Yes, sir. God bless you. God, God bless you, too. Thank you so much. Uh, that was Bill Wolf. Uh, very uh, interesting. Uh, compelling information about human trafficking and what's going on. Don't go away. We're going to switch gears here. We're going to be talking to Rabbi Shlomo Soroka. He's with Agudath Israel, and we're going to talk about the importance of the scholarship tax credit. Don't go away. We'll be right back.